in the name of Jesus Christ, our gate to eternal life and our friend as we travel along that path, dear fellow Christians. A young boy wakens in the night and listens to a clear and direct voice telling him exactly what will soon happen to his master. In fact, he spoke to him in such a clear and ordinary voice that three times this young boy thought that it was his master. And so God spoke to Samuel. An old man who at 75 was just beginning the greatest part of his life hears the voice of God and at God's direction leaves his ancestral home and moves to Canaan. Later, he hears the voice of this same God, now promising to give his descendants, to give him descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore, now promising that the descendant, one of his descendants, would be the savior of the world, now promising the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, so God spoke to Abraham. Another old man hears the voice of the Lord who, speaking from a burning bush, tells him to go and lead God's people Israel from slavery in Egypt. A young Hebrew boy hears God tell him to lead Israel against, in war against the nation of Midian. A young Jewish prince hears God as he ascends to the throne of his father, David. So God spoke to Moses and Midian, and Gideon rather, and Solomon. So back then, clearly, God spoke audibly to his people. So our question is, does God still speak to us today? How can we hear him? How can we know it's him? How can we know his voice? What will it sound like? How will he communicate with us? Even if he were to speak to us today... Is this same God as powerful? Is he still as relevant? Is he still as effective as he once was? Do his words still matter? It is to such questions that we turn our attention this morning. Timely questions. For those who at times can feel frustrated, impotent, powerless, forsaken, what we seek to learn the answer to this morning then is, is the power of our God still undiminished? For answers, we turn to God's word, that word of God found in Paul's second letter to Timothy, the third chapter, beginning there with the 12th verse. Indeed. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. This is God's word. In humble acceptance of the fact that these words are altogether true and right in all ways and at all times, so we pray, sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. I have an idea that if I were to ask you, is the Lord still speaking to his people today? Knowing you, as I do, you would instinctively know the right answer, and you would give it. Yes, of course he is. God is still speaking to us in his word. Hopefully, your thought process from that point would not be, I already know and believe that the Bible is God's word, therefore, I think I know where the pastor's going here, and I already know where he's going. I already know the path he's going to take before he takes us down that path. And so knowing what he's going to say, I'm going to occupy my mind while he tells me what I already know. Hopefully that's not it, because as our text said, the word of God is supposed to be more than just a reminder. Reminders are good. To be reminded of what we once knew, but maybe forgot or sort of lost track of, that's good. But the Word of God is supposed to give us more, do more for us. It's supposed to enlighten and help us to grow and advance, not just to hold on to, barely cling to what we once knew and be reminded. God wants us to progress, to move forward. He doesn't want a church defensive. He wants a church militant, a church that grows and therefore reaches out and uses that same word to instruct and strengthen others. Use that word for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, as the text said. So we ask the question again, is the Lord still speaking to us today? Let me ask it a little different way. Who here has ever wished, desired, asked God to give you a direct answer to a question that you, you, you don't really feel has been answered in his word? In other words, yes, I, I know that, that this is the word of God that I'm reading, but I wish I wish God would just out loud tell me, this is what I want you to do. Have you ever thought that? I've heard it. I've thought it myself. Yes, I, I believe, as we all believe, that, that God tells us that idolatry is sinful, that we shouldn't steal or kill or commit adultery or all those other things. Yes, we, we trust God's word for doctrine. But those, those questions in life that come up, 
big important questions. I wish, I wish that he would just out loud tell me, yes, I want you to marry this person. Yes, I want you to go to that school. Yes, I want you to take that job. Yes, I want you to move to that city. So the, the problem is relevant. It's timely, isn't it? Because some bad things can happen. Obviously, then, we need to answer the question, but before we do, we need to back up a step. We need to step back because there's another attack that we're facing. There's another threat, another danger of which we need to be aware in all of this. You know that the world is always, the godless world that follows their champion, their master, Satan, has always denied that the Bible is the inspired, inerrant word of God. But there's a new attack that we're facing. And that attack is that this God, even if the word that we see, we read in the Bible, that we hear there, is God's word, God himself has become impotent. God himself has lost power. God himself has, in the vernacular of the world, lost a step or more. This deterioration in man's natural understanding of God is actually fairly predictable if we lower God to our human standards. Here's what that means. As people age, as human being, beings age, they lose a step. Their mental powers aren't as great. Their physical powers diminish. They become less than what they once were. What does society do with that? Society in general sees that, acknowledges it, knows that it always happens, and then they sort of relegate that person, maybe slowly, maybe quickly, to the scrap heap of history. I know that sounds harsh, but that's exactly what happens. And they turn to the new, the strong, the, the newest thing to come. So this guy was great, but this guy, this woman, they're, they're slipping. And this is now the person that we want. Now, you've seen it in different ways, haven't you? You've seen it in politics. You've seen it in all different facets of your life. As soon as somebody starts to age, you begin to look and listen, and if they say something confusing, okay. What's the end? The end is a nursing home where we put those who are no longer relevant, we just, you sit there, your time has come and gone, and we're going to go about life. Now, there's a natural progression of that that's unavoidable. But the problem is that that's what society has done. They believe that he has aged, where this, this God of our forefathers might have been okay for our forefathers, but we've moved on, we've moved forward, and they sort of shift God. So they say even if he does speak, even if those words in the Bible are his words, 
God himself is not relevant anymore. He's not what he once was. And obviously, since he's lost power, even if it is his word, that word can't have power any longer. So they have relegated God and his word to sort of a spiritual nursing home. And they've moved on to something bigger and better in their minds. Now be aware, this is, this is the thought process that we're dealing with. And be aware that that thought process has an effect on us. Now we would say that's blasphemy the highest order and we would be correct. But it's out there. And that, that effect is like gravity dragging us down. And so we see things that we want, and we ask our God for them, and we don't get what we want. And then we start to think, well, is my God as powerful? Is his word still powerful? Does he still speak and work powerfully in my life through his word? Or should I look for something else? We're not helped any, by the way, by so many Christian churches moving on to a different kind of God, which is not the God that we know. This God is, they've called him a vending machine God. This is the God who we can go to him and demand, and he will have to give us the desires of our heart. This is exactly the same old problem that happened centuries, eons ago, with people with, in connection with their relationship with God. They wanted good crops. And if they prayed to this God and their crops didn't do well, then they'd look to another God. And if their crops happened to do well, well, that God has power. I'm going to use him now. So even in the Christian church today, I want to be skinny. I want to be happy. I want to have this spouse. I want to be rich. I want to fill it in the blank. And they're told that if you ask, God, capital G, small g, doesn't matter because what they want is the desires of their hearts. And if the old God doesn't give them to you, they'll introduce you to a God who will. It's striking how so little has changed in a thousand years. 2,000 years since the words of our text were written. Then as now, rather as then, we live in a world where God made himself known only to be abandoned. This very thing was foretold in our text. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Do you see how at odds that is with the idea that you can... Go to God and demand whatever you want from him. Because I doubt anyone here goes to God and says, please, Lord, let me be persecuted. Paul goes on. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we have to answer the question, is the Lord still speaking to us today? 
Is he as powerful as he once was? Of course he's speaking to us, and of course he is every bit as powerful as he ever was. Yes, he speaks to us. In fact, he speaks to us in much the same way that he spoke to all of those other Old Testament and New Testament apostles and prophets. But he doesn't speak to us audibly in our ears. He doesn't have new revelation. He doesn't tell us things that he's never told us before, which to me is a tremendous comfort because he has given us everything we need to know in his word. I don't want to wonder from day to day, from moment to moment, what I'm going to believe tomorrow or next week based on God's new and different revelation. Our text talks about being complete, having everything that you need. The word of God, we're told, is living and active. There is a power in that word of God, every bit as potent, every bit as effective as it ever was. And this God, our God, the one true God, has not lost a step. Again, how blasphemous to even think that way. But we need to be reminded, we need to be brought back to this reality that our God is that same God who by the power of his word in six natural consecutive days created everything that you see. That God is still God. That God still visits us with his power through his word. Let the, let the godless of this age downgrade God. That's not our problem. Our text says, in fact, just the opposite. When the world will say, yes, any God will do, and here's how you get to heaven, you be a good person. You, you, you do good, at least you try to do more good than bad, and then God will accept you into heaven. And any old God will do. You can call him what you want because heaven is heaven. And Listen to what our text says. From childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You, you can't move away from that. You can't move beyond it because there is nothing beyond it. This word is able to make you wise for salvation, and it's not with any God, but through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the one path to heaven. Trusting that you can't make up for your misdeeds. You can't pay for your sin, not one. But God's word, that powerful truth that comes from God himself, has revealed to us that you don't have to because Jesus already did it for you. You are seen by God in heaven as holy, perfect, and righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. That means when you look to Christ in faith, you trust that he did what he said he did. He paid your sin debt. Nothing is left for you to pay. To Tetelestai, that word from the cross, it is finished. What's finished? The sum total of the payment that had to be made for the sins of the world. And that payment, you're included in that the moment the Holy Spirit brings you to faith to trust that it's true. 
Is there anything more vital, more important in life than eternity? Of course not. Everything else pales in significance. And our text tells us that the one power that can carry you from eternal death and agony in hell to eternal life and joy in heaven is that word of God. Was that the end of it then? That the word of God has power to save us, but it really isn't applicable to our lives? Of course not. You know what the problem is? The problem usually is that we don't like the answers. Christians usually aren't confused about the decisions they should make. They just are reluctant to go where God guides, to go where God in his word directs. It's there. We just don't always like what's there. And then how foolish of us to stand back and acknowledge that the Bible is the Word of God, that it is as powerful as it ever was, and yet then not go there to find our answers. To not go to God's Word to read it and to trust that God the Holy Spirit is still active and living in that word and will still guide us, will still answer our questions. The same God who gave his son to pay our sin debt won't withhold any good thing from us, any necessary thing. I'll come to you, I'll visit you, but you have to go where I told you to go, to my word. Now, if you're like me, you hear that, you acknowledge it's true, and you don't go to that word like you should. You don't read it every day. You don't ransack the scriptures so that you, as Paul said, might be equipped, fully equipped, competent, complete, so that you might know what you're supposed to do, that you might have the answers. We just walk through and we say, yep, that's God's word, that's holy and powerful and active, boy. But what about this question, this decision in my life? God begs us, come to me. Jesus, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. How do you come to Jesus? Well, he's there in his word. That's how you come to him. How do you get that comfort? How, how do you... Put that burden on Jesus. Go to him in his word. Find out. Hear his words. Hear his promises. Trust them. That's where he promised to meet with us. That's where he promised to speak to us. That's where he promised to use that all-powerful word in our lives. So again, is God and therefore also his word now outdated and impotent? Hardly. Listen again to the timeless reminder from our text. As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you learned it. The source of the words is God himself. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, all scripture is breathed out by God. Think about that. At our disposal, these words have been breathed out by, that's our term for verbal inspiration, inspired, breathed out, 
breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That pretty well sums up what we need. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Trust your God. Trust his word. That God's power is undiminished. And know with unshakable confidence that you will lack for nothing necessary in this world or the next. Amen.